0: There's something to be said about a deadline, and in this particular case, a deadline is a dead line. Hi, everybody, welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Little with my friend and colleague, Alfonso Rachel, and uh, you probably know the drill by now. We like to talk a little bit about morality and uh, philosophy and things like that. Uh, often behind the politics, but in a case like this, maybe not connected to politics, at least not yet. So as though I there's been research that's been going on for a long time, and there's been another breakthrough recently, and the fact of the matter appears to be that we are beginning to understand the process of aging well enough to be able to not only stop the process, or significantly slow it down, but to actually reverse it. Oh. Now, I'm not interested so much in the technology, although I am, but that's what I want to talk about today. The two things I want to talk about today, I'll give you the first one first, and I'll give you the second one second. The first one is, there's a famous, famous uh, story from World War I where the U.S. soldiers were first going into combat, and this gigantic sergeant jumps over the, you know, out of the trench, jumps up on the rampart there, looks down, and says, come on, you apes, you want to live forever? (laughs) Uh,
1: do you want to live forever? Yes. Yes, I do. I kind of do too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I'll put it, I'll put it like, um, if I can borrow from uh, C.S. Lewis. Sure. uh, And maybe apply it to this. um, You know, he's like, look, if I'm hungry, that means that there is something to facilitate that need. There has to be something to answer to that hunger. Um, if I'm the same thing if I'm thirsty, or you can apply that to um, you know, sex drive. You know, it's like, why do I have this urge? Well, there's something to facilitate that urge. Well, we also have the urge to keep on living. Uh, we have the urge to stay healthy. Um, there's you know the urge to have peace and all that sort of stuff. Um, which means that if I have these needs, if I have this urge, well, there must be something to facilitate that need.
0: Well, that's that's an interesting start to it, but um. One of the things that's interesting, it's a lot about this question is very interesting. If you ask me at 63, do I want to live forever? The answer is yes. If you ask me at 630, do I want to live forever? I might have a completely different answer to that, right? (laughs) So that's number one. But when I think about why this excites me, I realize that I think for virtually everybody else, not everybody, but 90% of the people who would say, yeah, I definitely would like this. Most of that is a a fear of death and I don't have a fear of death i used to in fact i could remember exactly the moment when i lost my fear of death honestly i was flying in a glider told the story too many times to go into details i just barely soloed just a couple flights before and i was in a glider it was a winter time and the air was coming in from the north hitting the um the uh, san gabriel mountains that air was rising i'm in a i'm in a Airplane with no engine, no radio, no electronics, nothing. It's the size of a bathtub. And I'm flying along this mountain range, and I look over there on the left and I see this inverted waterfall where this, where this air was hitting the mountains going up, and as it went up, it cooled and condensed. It was like a it was like an inverted waterfall of steam. Came to the top of, of, of this mountain. And I was above a low level and below another one, and it was like this golden light. I was in this golden tunnel. All of this was real. And at that moment, I remember saying to myself, you know, uh, the drive out there on Pear Blossom Highway is a dangerous island. And I remember thinking, I could go through the grill of a truck now and and that'd be okay, you know, Mm -hmm. because I've done this. I had that same feeling the first time I ever uh, aired the comedy show we did in Florida. You know, there were 10 of us in a group together. We got everybody that we knew. We probably had a thousand people in this theater, waiting the thing, and we're showing it, and I'm walking along the back, just waiting for the laughs because I'm so keyed up. No, 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 they didn't buy. Oh, okay. But, but even then, I remember thinking, "This, yeah, this is this is good." You know, this is I, I I'm, I, I, I'm satisfied. And, and needless to say, all the work we do here, and all of our members, and all the kind words we hear from all of that—that's all given me in the sense that, you know, that, that I haven't wasted my life, which was a real possibility for us. I'm not afraid of dying. When I think about this idea of, of uh, age reversing, the two things I realize are I have a lot more work that I would like to do, a lot more good that I think I could do, and also I have a lot of curiosity that I'd like to be satisfied. Those are the two things that make me excited about it. But it's not running from something so much as just be kind of cool to see all this stuff,
1: you know? Oh, definitely, man. And you know the thing about it, if the 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 reservations that I have about it is this, to give people hope in something that, you know, man can, you know, to give hope in this science that we can reverse aging or, you know, or stop it, you know, to basically you, make you immortal. It's like, okay. Um that's that's fine and everything. But the, of course, down to the nitty gritty, it's to get people to draw their hope away from the Lord who is written in blood. It's like, look, I give you life eternal. All right. But mm-hmm. now people are going to want to put their faith in this. And yeah, I agree. You know, now the thing is, what happens when you get this, you know, virtual immortality? It hasn't dealt with the moral issue. Basically, all it's done is give us more time to get on each other's nerves. it's given us, you know, and, and, you know, people find it fantastical, even though they pursue it. And just because you haven't achieved it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. There was a time when people lived upwards of a thousand years. So when we have the antediluvian age, people lived closer to Noah himself was like, what, 950 years old. So there was a time when people did live that long. And what happened was, is that the people had a lot of time to become really good at being perverts. They became really good at wickedness. So in this long time span that they have, instead of getting better, they got worse. So that's my my question to those who are making this technology. It's like, wow, man, that's great. We're going to live longer, Um, even though our limit is 120 years. Um, But... You want you want to extend that? That's fine. And just like you said, you know, it's like, look, I don't want to be like six hundred years old and be like a decrepit old person living forever. Uh, no, we don't want to do that. But you know, it doesn't deal with the problems that we have.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And one of the thoughts that I had was, you know, if you and by the way, you know, the kind of thing we're talking about is you live to be six hundred and thirty, and you're not decrepit at all. You you're. 630 years old and your body's 24. <laughs> a lot of that I would like back, frankly. Um, but but it occurs to me too, you know, that if if that were to happen, if there was a, let's just say for the sake of the argument, essentially, when I say immortality, I don't mean billions of years or tens of thousands, of years, as long as you really want it. I think it would make people a lot more timid, you know. It's like you do something half dangerous now, and it's like you know, you know okay you know we're all gonna go sometime but if it turns out you're not you know it, it seems like that might make you a little more uh cautious maybe overly cautious and your yeah. point about about uh perversion is not something that I thought about which is why we do this show because I had thought man you know if I had if I had a hundred 200, 300 extra years like there's so many things that I'd like to do and share and there's so many you know, stories I want to tell and all of that. But as a general rule, what happens to people when they get bored is they look for more extreme measures of stimulation. Uh. (laughs) And when that no longer does the job, they look for even more extreme methods of stimulation. And that is a possibility that I hadn't considered before. But yes, it's entirely possible that if you had a two or 300-year lifespan, that would give you the chance to... um, to burn yourself out on the on the simple things and and start getting progressively more perverse and more uh depraved and um and perverted.
1: Oh man, you you hit it. You hit it right there. And and see the thing is before we can be above, you know, let, let's say if we if we can live, you know, indefinitely, right? Mm-hmm. Um basically uh being above the law of, of of entropy, which we were supposed to be, right? We weren't mm-hmm. supposed to decay. Um, you know, when the Lord tells us, yeah, man, I give you dominion over everything, man. You're supposed to have dominion over the the, anim, the, the animals that walk on the ground. You're supposed to be have dominion over the birds of the air, dominion over uh, the fish in the sea. You're supposed to have dominion, all those things. Well, if you have dominion over those things, that means that you have access to those things. We were supposed to be above the law of gravity. We were supposed to be uh, uh, above the laws of physics, time, space, we were supposed, those things we were not supposed to be subject to, but God's all at the same time, it's like, look, man, I'm not going to allow you to be exempt from those laws per se without, uh, being subject to the moral law. Because let's say you do, you're above these certain laws. You're going to abuse those laws. You know, Adam, Adam, that was the state that Adam was born in. You know, he was created in is was, was to be above these, these uh, laws of nature and Jesus showed what that look at looked like, you know, Jesus being the second Adam. Why was he able to walk on water? Because, man, I'm the author of nature. I'm above the law of nature, but I also have the moral law. I'm not going to abuse it. So he demonstrated, it's like, yeah, man, I'm above the law of gravity. I'm above the law of entropy. I'm above the laws of, of time and space. So they, when Jesus got into the boat, the next sentence is, and immediately, for, they're like, you know, they're miles out at sea. Mm-hmm. And the next sentence is, is now they're on the shore in the next instance. So Jesus demonstrates, yeah, dude, I have, I have power over time and space. But y'all ain't going to get that without the moral law. I'm not going to allow you that. And because it creates a lot of problems. We have angels themselves that have this access, but they don't abide by the moral law. They themselves believe in God. They just don't want to obey him. So they abuse his laws and abuse the things that they had the power to be above in terms of nature. So getting back to, you know, the the premise of being able to live this long, basically not have be subject to decay. What are you going to do being above this law of above this law of decay without the moral law?
0: Yeah, I suspect that narcissism would become more and more prevalent in a case like that. Uh, You know. I just really started feeling it when I turned sixty, so I'll be sixty-four in April. And of those last four years, two of them just disappeared—twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty-one—just disappeared, right? Because mm, of COVID, right. nothing happened. And since I turned sixty, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like okay, it's it's the beginning of the fourth quarter. Mm. You know, it's not—we're not—we're not down to the final two-minute drill yet, but but we're in the fourth quarter, and. And that's pushing on me. And I sometimes wonder, I'm constantly thinking, my God, I wish I had more time, I wish I had more time, wish I had more time. But if it turned out I really did have more time, I'd probably do what I do whenever I have more time. And that is just procrastinate, push everything back some more, you know what I mean? There's something to be said about a deadline. And in this particular case, a deadline is a deadline. You have a limited amount of time, and and that is a, a spur. But here's the second part of the question. Because this technology appears to be real and appears to be relatively imminent. I think we'll probably uh, live to see it. <clears throat> and by the way, I'm not greedy if you know, if I, if I get to 120, 150, <laughs> sweet. Uh, but here's a, here's a much more important issue if this technology becomes available, it's going to be expensive.
1: Uh.
0: And that means that there are going to be people who can afford it and people who can't and given what we've seen in the last several years probably means that the people who can afford it are going to do everything that they can to make sure that only they can afford it but in any event if this becomes a, a reality you will then divide the human race <clears throat> into into two sections in a way that class or race or education level or anything doesn't come close to the living and the dying, right. right? That is going to be a hard—that'd uh, be a hard nut to, to, <laughs> to crack, right? If you, you, you we talk about poor people and rich people and envy and hard work and all the rest of it, but ultimately we all have more or less the same amount of time. But it turned out that being incredibly wealthy meant that you had a lot more time, uh, and and people who couldn't afford it didn't. I don't see much of a solution to that other than pitchforks going after the mansions, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Indeed, man. And now see, you, you, you have said it, man, you, you hit it on the head. This is going to be expensive. You know, you want to talk about people who who are going to uh, have the, the, the war between the haves and the have nots and the rich get rich and the and the poor get poor. You know, the thing about it is, is with, uh, was with, with Jesus, um, the technology that he used to facilitate this, was a wooden cross and some metal nails that was his technology to facilitate eternal life for us uh and it's it's one of those it's not just going to be eternal life you you'll be you you're going to be recreated in the prime restored in the prime of your life and restored with the the faculties to be able to enjoy it in perpetuity you know, it's like it's something that you just won't get tired of. It's like in in terms of like thinking of this this eternal existence, I'm going to leave that to the professional because anything I would think of that would constitute a heaven, I'll ruin it. And I'm pretty sure I'd get sick of it. Anybody would. We can't we can't design a heaven. We'll get sick of it. I'll leave that to the professional. But this you you've also, you know, you made the point, man. It's like, man, you know, when people are ready to come with the pitchforks and stuff like that, the gift that the Lord gives this is by grace. I'm not. It, the Lord's like, I'm not a respective person. It doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor. The only thing this is going to cost you is your faith. That's all you need. Now, when this is going to happen, no, we don't know. We don't know when that's going to happen. Any more than we know when science is going to be able to facilitate. Uh, uh, the, I mean, we've talked about the fountain of youth for for thousands sure, of years. Right. So, you know, that's that's where we're coming to now. But once again, it's to draw people away from the one who can actually do. See, the thing is. The Lord himself has already proved it. It's like, look, man, you know, immortality, immortality isn't something that you prove by staying alive. You know, that the, the immort- staying alive doesn't prove that because there has to be something out in the universe that could take you out. Right. There's mm-hmm. so. But the Lord went beyond that. It's like, look, man, I'm going to die. All right, I'm gonna let you know I'm gonna get killed and then I'm gonna come back, right? And when I come back, I'm going to come back in really good health and I can facilitate that for you. It's written in blood that I can actually do that and he's done it. The, 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 the historicity of it is there. But unfortunately, you have people who wanna take advantage of something else made by man who still hasn't solved the other issue
0: yeah but this, that's
1: but this is an issue that Jesus has solved all around and so i'm i'm gonna I'm gonna bank on him for this
0: yeah it, you know and um there's really no way to tell but it's, there are certainly I've known many people who who uh when they were ready to dilate in life it was like I've done pretty much everything I wanted to you know I've got kids I've got grandkids I've made all the money I wanted to you know I've successful business beautiful house I've pretty much done it all I don't you know been I've seen the show right? And I've always admired those people. It's possible that we may not have more than 80 years of interest left in us. (laughs) Emotional interest in something, intellectual interest in something. Probably just to wrap this up, uh, I think one of the possible pitfalls of this kind of thing um, was uh, best reflected by Meatloaf, you know, uh, in Paradise by the Dashboard Light, which ends with, you know, I swore that I'd love you till the end of time. And now I'm praying for the end of time. <laughs> well, hurry up, man Because if I got to spend another minute with you, I don't think that I could really survive. You know what I mean? It comes to a point where maybe, maybe it's like this is this is your allotted time, and extending it beyond that, I suspect the the actual truth. If you if you put aside the who gets it or who doesn't, I suspect that most people would either get bored or go down the depravity road. I think there are some people who would who would use it to do, you know, good things. Make more breakthroughs, educate people, whatever the case may be. In any event, it's um, it appears to be real. So um, now would be the time for all of you to become uh, producing members or send all the money that you possibly have. Uh, to uh, BillWiddle.com, which will come to me uh, because um, my goal is to make sure that i'm first in line and then uh, i can lord it over all of the rest of you uh dyers out there you know that's that's really all i want in life so uh, just get those checks ready and and uh and, and, and you know what sometimes even you can joke about things and just it just leaves a bad taste in your mind i just should, should not have gone <laughs> we are very grateful for the for the living members of BillWiddle.com, and, and to be perfectly honest with you, there's a number of deceased people who've left you know very generous gifts for us. And uh that together is why we're here. So uh, we're grateful for all of you and uh for my friend Alfonso Rachel and Bill Little. We'll see you next time here on the Bridges. Center.